Welcome to Grace in Public, preaching and teaching in the heartland and all around the world. Thank you for tuning in. We've got a great program today, and the subject of this program is Joseph. What I want you to see in this message is Joseph, the son of Rachel, that Jacob had in his old age. In Genesis 37.3, Joseph had a dream, and he told his father, he told his brethren. And they were very jealous of Joseph. He was a very special young man. His, unfortunately, he was his father's favorite, and that caused a lot of problems. In verse 3, said, The father made him a coat of many colors. We did a lot of research from ancient isagogics on that. I'm not positive if it's true, but the ancient isagogics tells us that this coat of many colors was a very, very special coat. First of all, it was linen. And you know what that means? The righteousness of God's saints in Revelation 19, 7 through 11. Secondly, it was blue, but it had the prime colors on the border. And in another message, I gave you the prime colors. Red, standing for the blood of Calvary and Revelation. 11.15 Then we had orange which we explained to you was mixed in with red and it stood according to the scholars for the humanity of Jesus Christ. Then we had a golden yellow which stood for his deity. Now think of it. These were the colors. And I'll tell you why Jacob made him that in just a moment. Then there was blue, his heavenly character. Then there was purple, his hypostatic union, both God and both man. Unique, because he was God, though he was a man, he was a man, though he was God. Then a violet purple which in Revelation teaches King of Kings and Lord of Lords in his glorified body. Now these were the colors. It says that the code had many colors. To the Jews that really knew Jesus Christ, it stood for the various aspects of God's nature. The various things about God's nature. So, in verse 23 and 31, 30 and 31 and 32, of course they put him in a pit, they brought him out, then they killed a goat and put the blood on the coat and presented it back to their father, Jacob, wanting him to think that 
that he was killed by a wild beast. But they sold him, and of course, as you know, he ended up in Egypt. In Matthew 27, 26 to 31, they put a scarlet robe on Jesus. Then they took it off and they put his coat, which was blue, linen, and the same word is used for it. And there was blood on it. The coat of many colors with the blood of Jesus Christ on it. The coat of many colors also meant the inheritance of grace. We have an inheritance of God's grace in Acts 20, verse 32. It meant the inheritance of grace. And as you ponder and meditate and deliberate on your inheritance of grace. Thank you for tuning in. If you can, don't forget to send a tax-deductible gift to us. Your generous donation made to our program promotes this broadcast and ones like it going out on the Internet and broadcast on local stations throughout the United States. So please prayerfully consider what you can give. Find out how to give your donation at www.graceandpublic.com. Wasn't that a powerful clip? That was amazing. The book of Genesis, really it's the book of beginnings. First book of the scriptures. And it really touches on every subject. It's amazing, every every conflict. Many, many things. All, all that can be encompassed by man in anthropology comes somewhere as a seed in the book of Genesis. And then it's the scripture is wrapped up in the book of Revelation. But here we see from Genesis chapter 37 to Genesis 52, the, the last chapter of Genesis, deals with the life of Joseph. Now it also deals with his brothers and all that they go through. But it's amazing. This Joseph, who's a type of Christ in the Old Testament, and yet... This is an account of his life as it actually unfolded. Now, picture in your mind, let's take the Bible, where the context of this program is a biblical teaching program, but just hear this without any prejudice. Let it sink into your mind. Now, story opens. There's a character with with a great flaw. He's flawed, naive, Uh, Maybe he's a bad character. Maybe he's just an immature character. Something happens, and he's taken away, and everybody thinks that he dies. But in truth, he goes through this transformation experience that's hidden from the sight of everyone who knew him, whether it was family members or friends or wife or wherever those other people that are in his life are. And he develops this new mature identity while those other people, thinking that he's dead, go on with their lives, get themselves in trouble, mature, go forward, as if that person is dead. Then, mysteriously, this person who died comes back into their lives in this new mature form. There's some sort of conflict. 
Um, and yet there's a strange sense that they know one another. And then it's revealed that this person is really the person that they knew from childhood or the person taken out of their lives who died. And that person ends up saving the day. That may be the plot line of many, many novels and fictional accounts, stories, movies that have become incredibly popular. They either have all of these elements or they have most of them. This resurrection story, this resurrection transformation story. And really it's the story of Joseph right in the book of Genesis, right in that book of beginnings. Now, if you read about this, if you read about literature, if you read about these people who study these different subject matters of themes, they often talk about some collective unconsciousness that um, these stories rise out of. But in truth, it's the working out of the eternal God in a fallen world, in the life of men who were made in the image of God and yet have fallen away. And they need a hero, whether it's uh, Prince Charming that comes to save them, or whether it's uh, the Savior who comes, uh, this one who's transformed, who's passed through death, left those flaws, those immaturity, those na the, na the naive nature of man behind to become mature and responsible. And really, what they need is God. What they need is God, the grace of God. We'd love to hear from you, so please go to our website and contact us. The web address is www.graceinpublic.com. So here is one more Dr. Stevens clip about Joseph and his coat of many colors. You stand here with an eternal destiny, and, this, and, and by the way, when Joseph got that coat of many colors... Satan hated that coat, so he put blood on it. If you study Genesis 37, 23, 31, 32, Satan hated that coat of many colors. Satan hates the grace that we get, the mercy that withholds judgment, the grace that gives us 68 things at salvation. Satan hates the fact that we're not perfect, but we are perfect. Satan hates the fact that we're clean through the Word of God. Satan hates the fact that we rebound and, and are purified when we do and walk forward with God. Satan hates the fact that you and I have an eternal future that he can't stop. Satan hates the blood. He hates the love of God. He hates the grace of God. He's jealous of you. If you want to talk about jealousy, Satan is some jealous of you. Keep, keep him jealous all the days of your life. In closing, I want to tell you this. I don't know how many times, and, and I'm speaking for all of you, because you, you're one with me. You're one with me. When I speak, I'm talking about you. I don't know how many times there's been mountains, and all I could say is grace, grace, because I didn't have anything else to say. Zechariah 4.7 Shout, grace, grace to the mountain and it becomes a play. Amen? And I don't care what you may be going through. You don't have a, you don't know what to do in some cases. You just say, grace, grace to that mountain. That's what Zerubbabel did. And I'll tell you, 
When you shout grace, grace, Satan says, there they go again, taking advantage of this grace stuff. So I urge you to read through these books of Genesis, from Genesis 37 on until the end. It's all there. It's amazing. Conflict with the brothers because of relationship with the father, maybe one of the primary conflicts that a man goes through. Adult men, the issues in their life are often linked to their relationship with their father, just like Joseph and his brothers, just like man. Now, Jesus, his relationship with his father was absolutely functional, amazingly so. He was without sin and had no conflict with his heavenly father. God desires really that all of these issues, all of the seeds, all of the the primary dealings that man has with one another and with him be resolved. And they're ultimately resolved in the person of his son, of Jesus Christ. You may have many things going on in your life. There may be many things that are very obvious right there up on the surface. There may be many things that are below the surface. Things you'd rather not face up to. Things that you have no way of knowing how to cope with about your past. But God has a desire to come into your life and settle these things. Just like there's a Genesis in the scriptures and there's also a book of Revelation. Where all of the beginnings, all of the seeds in Genesis that have grown up get tied up in that book. In that last book of the Bible. The last book. Where Jesus returns, he has no longer come as a lamb to the slaughter like he did in the Gospels. Now he returns as triumphant king, setting up his kingdom. God wants to set up his kingdom in your life. He wants to be your savior. Not just the savior, but your savior. When these things you may hear them, and they're strangely familiar to you. <laughs> Like those characters that see the one who supposedly died, and yet there's a kinship, there's a strange connection. Well, you were made in the image of God. Jesus knows you. He knows how you tick. Actually, he's borne your sin on his own body and paid for it on a cross 2,000 years ago. Died in your place, was buried, and rose again as new and complete, never flawed, never flawed, but complete and glorified and brought to its completion. His humanity was brought to its full completion in him being resurrected and sitting on a throne on the right hand of his Father. He wants to bring that completion into your life now. So, please pray a prayer with me. Lord Jesus, Come into my life. Come into my life. Your blood was shed on your coat of many colors, the favor of your Father. And yet your blood was shed so that we could have a Savior, one who would save us from famine, one who would save us from the end result of our own decisions and preserve us during times of trouble and off into the promised land of eternity. So I pray right now, I believe, and I ask you to come into my life and save me. If you've prayed that prayer, then 
The Father looks and has favor on you now. And you have a new coat, a robe of righteousness, clean and white, that represents your standing before God, which is clean, and you are righteous as the, as the Son of God is righteous. Because now he's done something in your life that can never be changed or taken away. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your favor. Thank you, God. Thank you that in you, all the mysteries of who we are begin to make sense. And we find a place where we belong in your kingdom. We love you. We praise you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.